Welcome. I'm glad you're here. I'm your host, Certified Family Relationship Coach, Tina Gosney, and this is the Coaching Your Family Relationships podcast, where you will learn how to do the foundational work of creating strong family relationships. We just had Thanksgiving. I hope you had a wonderful holiday weekend for those of you that are in the United States. And now we've entered the holiday season, right? And this is a time of year where you're probably going going to be seeing your family more, maybe spending more time with them this month than you have in past months. And sometimes that can bring up difficult situations. So if this is you, you can review this Ask Me Anything series. I hope you find something in this past month that will be helpful to you in dealing with difficult family members or maybe difficult situations. And if you don't find something that fits your situation, you can still send in a question. I'm going to keep this link active, this link that I've been collecting questions with, because I have loved answering your questions. So keep sending them in, and I will either email you an answer, or it might end up in a podcast in the future when I run this series again. And there is still time to sign up for the Transformational Relationship Workshop with Amy Gianni in Idaho happening in January. I promise you, this is the best gift that you can give your relationship this year. There's a link in the show notes. Amy is a marriage and family therapist of over 20 years. She will help you go from having a polite and parallel relationship into a more honest, intimate, and collaborative one. It's going to be a workshop that you will not want to miss. If you want more information, we recorded a bonus episode that just aired earlier this month. So go look for that one and you can get more information on this really awesome workshop that's happening just after the first of the year. I think that's a perfect time for it as we kick off the new year, wanting to just have things that change, things that improve. And we're looking to do that kind of thing. And this is the perfect opportunity for you to do that. We have three questions to answer today, so let's get into the questions. First one, you talk a lot about slowing down, and I'm having trouble doing that. I have three kids under the age of 12. Probably once each day, something happens, and I get really upset with them, and I start yelling. Once I get that out of my system, I feel better, but I also feel worse for how I acted. I think it's a cycle I don't know how to break, but I really want to. It's my family that gets most of my anger. And I don't want to keep doing this to them. I can see that they're afraid of me, but I literally don't know how to stop. How do I slow down and stop yelling? You know, this is actually a question that I get quite often from my coaching clients is how do I stop being so reactive to the people in my life? My family who I don't want to be reactive to, but I feel like I don't know how to slow down and react a different way. So you are not alone. (laughs) And what you want to think about is how to stop reacting from your adaptive brain and start responding from your higher self, which is the best version of you. And I'm sure you want to give your family the best version of yourself. It sounds like you really care about these relationships and you're really wanting to work on this. So here's something for you to try. A daily breathing practice when you're not angry or reactive, just like when you're just in a normal state of being. It sounds like your autonomic nervous system is going into a fight mode quite easily. So I'm guessing that when you start yelling, and probably even maybe before you start yelling, um, this might be how you feel. Maybe your heart starts to be a little harder. Your breath gets really shallow and fast. 
Maybe you stop breathing and you hold your breath even. Does your face start to get hot? Maybe your hands start to shake? If this sounds familiar to you, then your body has gone into fight mode. And you know what's really interesting about going into fight or flight is that your brain is hardly getting any oxygen. Your body is interpreting that situation as dangerous and life-threatening, and it's saying, hey, we either have to fight or run. So we're going to send all of our resources to your heart, lungs, and extremities because that's going to save our life. That's why it's so hard to think clearly because our higher brain is not getting the oxygen that it needs to think clearly and to calm down. And that's why you are having trouble slowing down. What you want to do is to start to train your nervous system and learn how to self-soothe. Your nervous system can be trained just like when you go to the gym and lift weights. You know, you have to show up several times a week or even daily to build muscles. But as soon as you stop working out, you know, they get your muscles get weaker your nervous system is the same way. You need to do daily exercises to get it in shape. And then you have to keep it in shape. The longer you do this, the longer you do daily exercises, the better shape your nervous system is in. When you have a responsive nervous system, you it's easier for you to slow down and to self-soothe. I taught a breathing workshop last month that teaches you how to do this very thing. And I teach you more about this and about how to incorporate this into your life in just a few minutes each day. And I even give you a four-week plan to use after you watch the class. This month, through the end of the year, this class is on sale for just $29. It originally was $49, so that's a big discount. It's almost 50% off. There's a link in the show notes for you if you want to purchase this class. I think it's really helpful to have a breathing practice in place every day. And this is a super easy Um, way to do that that I teach you in this class. So I highly recommend that everyone has some way of training and conditioning their nervous system every day. It might be a breathing practice. It might be meditation. It might be a mindfulness practice, but it needs to be something consistently that you do over time because it's the consistency over time of doing this where you see the real benefit. So this is going to help you. If you want something really quick and easy to start with, go grab that breathing class for just $29. And just a reminder, that will be on sale through the end of the year. And there is a link in the show notes for you to go grab that. Okay, here's question number two. I am a tell it how it is kind of person. I don't sugarcoat anything. I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad, but recently I had a situation where I was in charge of an event at church And I heard that some of the people I was working with were offended. And now I don't know what to do. I don't want people to be offended, but I just don't know how to change who I am. So notice how you say, I'm a tell it how it is kind of person. It's almost as if you're saying you don't have a choice. But this is actually, it's not a fact. It's a belief that you have about yourself. You probably have a lot of evidence to support this belief that this is the way that you are, but think about it. You weren't born this way. You weren't born as a tell it is how kind of person. This is something that you picked up as a way to adapt in the world. Maybe you needed to be this way from the family that you grew up in or because of some other thing, other reason or thing that happened to you when you were younger or maybe even a young adult. Your beliefs about who you are come from the thoughts that you have about yourself and the things that other people tell you about you. 
And then our brain collects all the evidence that those things are true. And it connects the dots. Our brain just connects the dots and says, this is the way that you are. Almost like we don't have a choice, that this is just the way that we are. It doesn't have to be this way. You can learn a new way of being. It will take consistency over time. I'm not going to tell you that it's easy because it isn't. I don't believe that it is, but it requires developing new pathways in your brain. So do you ever go hiking? Maybe you stay on the trail or do you ever go off the trail? You probably stay on the trail because it's very worn. It's already marked. You don't have to crawl through bushes, cut down tree branches in your way, go through a river or anything else that a worn, a well-worn trail lets you avoid. And when you're trying to change things that you believe about yourself, it's like you're going to form a new path to get to that destination, but you're not going to go on the path that's already been established. You're going to create a new path. That's why I say this isn't easy. Think about how difficult it is to form a new path. You're going to purposefully take yourself to a new belief about yourself, and you're going to do it over and over and over again, even when it's difficult and even when you can't see evidence that it's true yet. But over time, that path will get a little more well-worn, and you're not going to have to clear out as much brush, and it won't be as hard to travel your brain will start to go to the new belief instead of the old one. So start doing this by introducing a new thought to your brain, practicing it every day by talking to your brain. Did you know you can don't have to just listen to that inner narrator inside your head? You can actually talk to him or her. It's pretty cool that we can do this. Maybe start by saying something like, it's possible that I can learn to respond to difficult situations differently. Write that sentence down. Say it to yourself every morning, every night, and every time you notice your brain trying to tell you something different. Try this out for 30 days. See what happens. If you're consistent, you're going to start seeing things about yourself that you've never noticed before that maybe prove that you don't have to be a tell-it-like-it-is kind of person. Who you are in this world is your choice. You get to choose who you are in the world. But you don't get to choose how other people respond to you. But when you choose to show up as a person who cares about how other people experience you, you are giving them a circumstance that makes it easier for them to relate to you and to feel good about their interactions with you. So try this out. Let me know how it goes. Um, Just remember, like, think about that path. Think about how long it takes to form a new path and how difficult it is in the beginning. And so when you expect that to happen, you expect it to be difficult, then when it shows up, the difficulty shows up, you're not surprised. And you're like, oh yeah, this is what I was expecting. This is what I knew was going to happen. Okay, last question for today. My mother is so mean. She says the meanest things to me and then tells me I'm too sensitive when I get upset and tell her that she's hurt my feelings. She says, I just need to get over it and move on. It's gotten to the point where I think I need to limit the time I spend with her or maybe even not see her for a while. I just can't take it when she gets to say whatever she wants and then chalk it up to this is just the way I am. And then I feel terrible and I'm told there's something wrong with me and I should stop feeling what I'm feeling. I want to have a good relationship with her, but if this keeps happening, I can't see a future where we can keep going on this way. It sounds like your mother could use some of the same advice I just gave to the person who asked the last question. 
notice that she's telling you and herself that this is just the way that she is, like she doesn't have a choice. But I'm sure she believes that because she probably has a lot of evidence that this is true for herself. Wouldn't it be great if she were the one asking this question and wanting to work on herself instead of you? That would make your relationship with her much easier and you probably wouldn't be asking this question. But she's not the one asking and you are, and you can't make her work on this. That is her choice when and if she decides to look at what she's doing in creating her relationship with you. So let's focus on you and what you have within your control. I'm going to talk a little bit about differentiation, which is something I've talked about a few times on this podcast. And I think it's a super important concept and skill for each of us to be developing. Because when you are differentiated, you are showing up as a mature adult, taking responsibility for yourself, letting other people take responsibility for themselves. You know, we get really tangled up in our relationships, especially with our family. It's like there's a big basket of yarn, maybe five, six, seven, maybe 10 strands of yarn, all different colors in this basket, and they're all bunched up in a big knot. Well, you can't really make anything out of yarn when it's all tangled up in a big knot. It's hard to make something different in your relationships when you're all tangled up together. These steps I'm going to give you are something that take, just as the questions before, they take consistent practice over time. I'm going to give you four steps to work on. I'm not going to go into a ton of detail on each step because in January, there will be a podcast series where I do one podcast on each of these. So, you know, if you're wanting to know more about this, then tune in in January. But this is enough to get you started for the next month. So here are the steps. Number one is to develop a solid sense of yourself. Most people have a reflected sense of themselves, which means they're seeing themselves through another person's eyes. Things like, we think things like, okay, I can be okay with me as long as you are okay with me. Or maybe, if you treat me well, I'll treat myself well. Or sometimes we think, I need for you to see me a certain way or I'm not okay, and I'm going to do as much as I can to get you to see me the way I want you to see me. These are just some of the thoughts and the ideas behind the reflected sense of self. Your exact thoughts might sound a little different, but they're probably meaning the same thing. When you are developing a solid sense of your own self, you know what your values are. You align your actions with your values. You know your worth as a human being on this earth is never up for debate. It is always infinite just because you exist. You don't have to do anything to earn it, and you can't actually decrease or increase your value by anything that you do or don't do. And you're willing to take an honest look at yourself and what you are contributing to a difficult situation. So those are a few things of for you to focus on in developing a solid sense of yourself. Those are just a few places to start. Number two is regulate your emotions. Learn how to calm yourself down. And another term for this is to self-soothe. Do you have any children? Do you remember when they were babies and they needed a pacifier or they needed to suck their thumb or they needed someone to hold them to help them calm down? Well, we still need the same thing as adults, but we don't need pacifiers. We need to do things like deep breathing 
or meditate each day or have a mindfulness or a stillness practice, just like I mentioned in the first question from today. These types of activities are really, really good for our nervous system. And that is a part of ourselves that we don't really pay attention to much. Just as a reminder, again, I have my breathing class on sale in the month of December, and you can find a link for that in the show notes. It's only $29 this month, down from $49. But even if you don't purchase that, have some type of activity that you do on a regular basis to help yourself calm down on purpose. Here's number three is to give a grounded response. This is something that you can get to after you've done the emotional regulation step. You really have to calm yourself down first. And this entails responding appropriately to whatever happened, which is to be meaningful and thoughtful in the way that you respond. Don't be overreactive or underreactive. Don't get derailed by things that are not important. The last step is called a meaningful endurance. And by this, I mean that you are tolerating discomfort and uncertainty and anxiety in the way that you are handling the situation because you know that you are doing it for yourself to help you grow. You're willing to look at yourself, show up for yourself, regulate your emotions, respond in a meaningful way, and this requires vulnerability on your part. That might be hard for you to hear, but when you are working on this, it does open you up to being more vulnerable, and that can be difficult to tolerate. But think about what the alternative is. You have to keep either going on the way that you've been going, and you're miserable in this relationship with your mother, or maybe you cut off or limit contact with your mother. You know, those are the two alternatives. So you're going to be doing difficult things. You get to choose which difficult thing that you do. These are the steps to untangle a relationship. When you get untangled, you can start to create something different. You can't do anything until you untangle the relationship. Those are the questions and answers for today. Thank you for being here on the podcast. Just as a reminder, there's a link in the show notes if you'd like to grab that breathing class this month and take advantage of that discount. Have a great week and I will see you next time.